Sometimes our spiritual lives go up and they go down, they go sideways, and sometimes we can't get back. This happened in history, this will happen in the future, this happened in the seven churches of Revelation. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Inverse. We're so excited for this episode especially because we have a new cast member. And we're so excited and we can't say, we're so excited we keep saying the word excited over and over again. Uh, we're gonna, maybe you can pan to, to Jonathan. He's a good looking tall gentleman to my right, to your left. And uh, we have, we have Siku in the house today in the studio and also Sebastian. And we're gonna be looking at the seven churches. Yeah, Jonathan, where do you hail from? Where do I hail from? Yes, well, where are you uh, originally? <laughs> I'm originally from Europe, from uh, the Europe. country of Austria. Yes. Yes. Not, not Germany, but Austria. Exactly. The place where everyone just sings and dances like in the sound of music. That's uh -huh. what we do all day long. Oh, really? Is that right? <laughs> okay, well, you'll you fit in right here. We're going to do right. some dancing Perfect. and singing. Uh, hopefully, we won't see Sebastian singing, but uh, otherwise, hey, hey, we'll, hey. Be, we'll be into the, into the Word <laughs> uh, and, and studying the seven churches. So let's have a word of prayer. Jonathan, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we love the word that you've given us and we just want to understand it. Help us to dig deeper. Give us your spirit to guide us as we try to extradite these lessons that we find in the seven churches of Revelation. Thank you that you will do this. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we look at uh, episode one. We look at the beginning of Revelation, why it's so important to look at this book. Episode two, we look at John. He's stuck on an island, and we actually get into the vision. And now we go, we're going to go through a tour de force around what modern-day Turkey is to these seven churches mm. and the applications for today. So in our Bibles, let's go to Revelation chapter two. And Sebastian, can you read, uh, let's read the first verse of chapter two there. All right. Revelation two, one. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Verse 2, John. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Verse 3. And you, have and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Sebastian, can you read verse 6 and 7 for us? But from its place, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, so we read that first uh, church, the first church, the church of Ephesus. And there are seven churches. And uh, Siku, give us a little bit of background. What, what is going on in these seven churches? Why are there seven churches? And get us started. Well, we talked about in previous episode that Jesus, through an angel, is giving this revelation to mm -hmm. uh, John, the mm -hmm. beloved disciple. And he's writing letters now that are going to go to these churches that are real life churches that exist mm -hmm. in Asia Minor. And each of these churches have been established after Jesus went back to heaven. And Jesus 
even after he went to heaven, is still concerned with the state of the church on earth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in chapter one, we talked about his walking in the midst of his church. Right. And so he's got an intimate knowledge of what's happening in the churches, not just an intimate knowledge, but he has genuine concern for the situations that they find themselves in. So he gives, um, he addresses them, he gives uh, uh, praises for good things that they're doing, mm -hmm. he rebukes them sometimes for things that they're not doing right, and he gives them promises that they can hold on to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Jonathan, give us a little bit of story. We just read uh, the first chapter, uh, mm -hmm. the first, uh, the first, first church there, the first church of Ephesus. So all the churches kind of follow a similar pattern, kind of guide us through uh, that structure a bit. Yeah, well, it starts out with Jesus um, addressing the church. Uh, he says, you know, the name of the church, Ephesus, or Smyrna, or Pergamos, and mm -hmm. so on. It continues. And then he, he introduces himself. He gives a, a certain title for himself or describes himself. And every description gives us a different viewpoint of who Jesus is, which I really love. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into a description of, um, of what is going well in almost all of these churches. What is, mm -hmm. what is going well with you? What are you doing well? But then, of course, because he loves us, he will also tell us the things that are an issue that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And then he, he kind of goes into this rebuke mode and says, hey, this, this needs to be figured out <laughs> before I come. Mm -hmm. And then he moves into an appeal uh, to repent, an appeal to, to come back to whatever uh, was there, what was, what was right. Mm -hmm. And then he, uh, it ends uh, always with this saying that we should listen to what the Spirit is saying to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love the, the, this, this part of the seven churches because these are real churches that yeah. happened, that existed in history. Uh, but also the cool thing is these were major cities back in their day and that Jesus loves people, his people in cities. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know the exact year, but a couple years ago, or maybe it was, I don't know, after the year 2000, that the world, 50% of the world, there was more people who were living in cities than right. the yes. non-cities yeah. for the first time in Earth's history. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, the gospel needs to just go forward in the cities. And this is just a great motif to launch us into that. Sebastian, what are some things that pop out? Now, we don't have time to go through all the seven churches. I mean, that's like a whole season in itself. <laughs> yes. Uh, but what are some high points? What, what pops well, out to you? Before Sebastian okay. goes, I, I just wanted to point you out to you. You just got, you just got, uh... It's okay. I got robbed. <laughs> it's all right. No, I mean, not, not about Ephesus in particular, but okay. just to say he's writing to real-life cities that existed in yes. his day, but he's all the message that goes to those cities has application not just to them then, mm -hmm. but to us now in our mm -hmm. individual lives. Mm -hmm. And it also goes through like the church as it has gone through historically. Mm -hmm. So, so the message that we read in Revelation two and three, it's not something for back in the day, right. mm -hmm. but it's something that has application to our day and something that gives us a view of what happened right. in the church historically. Okay, so we're just on a score. There's a historical fulfillment and then a prophetic fulfillment mm -hmm. and then also a personal fulfillment. Mm -hmm. If I can steal some more time from Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> so you, have, <laughs> you know you have You're gonna uh, fit well, in really well here. here. I'm here, I'm allowed to do this, right? We'll give it one time. All right, all right. Uh, you, it's interesting, because there were obviously more than seven churches. Mm -hmm. You have here seven churches, and this is, uh, if you read the book of Revelation, you see there's all these um, these uh, episodes of sevens. These, the, you have the seven plagues, you have the seven trumpets, mm -hmm. seven, seven bowls, seals. all, all mm -hmm. seals, yeah. Mm -hmm. And here were seven churches. Seven is a number of completeness. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is addressing not just these seven local churches, as you said, but his complete church, mm -hmm. his body on earth. That's right, and it's kind of historical to the fact that it was very common for an apostle to send a letter to a church and it be right. read in other churches around that right. church. Mm -hmm. So it's also, you know, 
okay for you to take some of my time. <laughs> but as I take it back, um, <laughs> the, uh, one of the things I wanted to highlight here in the introduction is Jesus in verse 1 of chapter 2 in, in each of the letters where he introduces, he says, to the angel mm-hmm. of the church, mm-hmm. which we understand to represent a messenger, right? And which is really dealing with the minister of that particular church, which shows that the first person who really needs to receive the application of Jesus's counsel to a church is the leadership. Mm. Mm. And a lot of times we overlook this. Sometimes it can seem like, oh, well, there's problems with the church. It's like, well, there's these two members in the church or there's this group of people or this certain uh, mode of thinking that is clouding the church. But when Jesus addresses the church, he starts first with the leadership. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it, it brings a lesson to me that when I look in my home, and if there's problems in my home, it's easy for me, right, to get into a situation where it's like, oh, if my son would just do this, or if my wife would just do this, or, you know, my daughter would just do this, then, but rather than stepping back and saying, if this is something Jesus would have against your own Christian life, or your own family, mm-hmm. or your, even your own church, you need to start introspecting at leadership. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I, I completely resonate with the leadership um, aspect, but just to say, I think it also underscores in each of the messages to the church, the introspection. Like, it's a call for everyone to examine yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not a call to point fingers at other people. It's to say, look, he says, I know your works. And he's not talking, like, generically. Like, he's like, I Mm. know your works, Mm -hmm. Siku. I know your works, Sebastian. I I know you. Even the stuff that other people don't see, I know. know. Mm. And it calls you to really stop and not focus on how the world perceives you, but realize God sees you, mm. you know, and you got to think about that. And these messages are very, very personal. Let's fly through the seven churches really quick. So we start in Ephesus. This is the early church. Mm-hmm. This is what? Just give me just quick tidbits. Uh, you know, they, they were a very loving church. Loving church. Fell away apostolic, from Apostolic, but they've mm-hmm. lost their first love. love. Right? Yeah, yep. It's kind of what happens after, you know, you, you, you fall in love. Um, but if you don't keep it going, Things yeah. can dwindle down, so Very you got to kind of refresh that. Okay, so then we go to Smyrna. This is the persecuted church. Right. People yeah. are dying and suffering. Yeah. Then go to next is Pergamus. Compromising. 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 And then yeah. it's kind of, you see this kind of almost slow decline. decline. And then Thyatira is kind of the bot- they bottomed out. Yeah. yeah. Corrupt, <laughs> corrupt church. Uh, corrupt church. Mm. There's just totally crazy mm. stuff going on. Then kind of like a little bit of an uptick. We go to Sardis. What's happening in Sardis? They're basically dead. They're like, have a name that they're alive. But you okay, know. they're dead. They're sleeping. There's they're not kind really of much going on. Holding on to our previous reputation that was pretty good. Yes. But if you you know just hold on to that and you don't continue, yes. you can't hold on to your past. You got to move forward. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that, that's tweetable. That's good. You can't hold on to your past. You got to move. Oh, that's Absolutely. good. That's good. And then phone. we move to Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, America, but Philadelphia <laughs> in, 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 in Turkey. Uh, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. This is awesome. Yes. Where everything's lovey, yeah. fuzzy, nothing fuzzy, negative about this church. Perfect. All good. And all then good. Laodicea, which is the best church of all. The worst. No. The, the worst. Best of the worst. The best, best of, of the worst. worst. Absolutely. All right. So let me ask you this question. How does this mimic our... We see this in, in church history. Yeah. We went oh, yeah. to the early church all the way down to the Middle Ages. And then now it's, we're, we're, we're here where we are today. But how does this mimic your personal lives? Mm. John. Well, I think, you know, as you come to the Lord the first time, yes. uh, right now, for example, I'm, I'm working with some individuals in my church mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we're studying the Bible together and they are just on fire for God because mm-hmm. God has, for the first time to them, revealed himself visibly to them in, in well, visibly through the word and through some experiences they've had mm-hmm. and they just want to do everything for God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fear that, you know, in a couple months, maybe in a couple of years from now, that fire will go out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same experience we see here. And, and if we don't stay on 
track, if we don't stay with the Lord, you know, step by step by step, there's a danger that, um, that fire will go out and that, you know, compromise will come in. Mm-hmm. And also you see that when you first give your life to the Lord, you go, you typically go through a lot of persecution. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, you know, when I first started keeping the Sabbath, it became this yeah. constant issue, you know, all the time as a Christian. And it's like, well, Sebastian, you don't want to go out with us. You don't want to party right. like this. You used to be into this kind of stuff. You know, girls, I used to get their phone numbers and now they're like, calling me back. It's like, I'm not into that anymore. I'm trying to be a Christian man. Mm -hmm. And you go through this, this kind of period of persecution. Mm -hmm. And from that persecution, you're kind of pure and faithful and you're just trying to hold on. And then you kind of go to the Pergamum phase where it's like these little compromises begin to come into your life. And it's almost as if that initial persecution is kind of faded away. Everyone's accepted. You're a Christian now. You're a believer. You're kind of Mm -hmm. part of us. And all of a sudden it becomes, well, how do you grow this thing? How do you expand and engage the world, and sometimes you start allowing things that before you would have never allowed mm-hmm. in order to do that. And then finally you get to a point where you're totally bottomed out yeah. and you're part of right. the world. Yeah. Okay, after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to see Sebastian's going to tell us how do we get out of this funk? How do we, we have our ups and downs. What do we do when we're completely down? Stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. We're in the midst in the uh, fire tira, the, uh, the compromised, not compromising, but compromised church. And mm-hmm. just to recap, I mean, first time you're with Christ and you want to make decisions and you're going through suffering, you go to Smyrna, you make little compromises here, you go to Pergamon, and finally you've compromised. You're, you're, oh, you're right. totally out in the world and you, you, there's no differentiation between the world and you. Sebastian, get us out. How do we get up our funk? Well, I think there's two things. When you look at the, the church in Thyatira, you see Jesus reveals himself in verse 18 of chapter 2. He says, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. So, first of all, it starts off with Jesus reveals himself to every church as if he's already the solution for your problem. Mm-hmm. And those eyes of fire kind of have that searching element of mm-hmm. purification, right? And his feet, which are feet like fine brass, which has been refined. So, number one, a lot of times... Pain and trials and tribulations wake us up mm. when we're kind of in that bottom-down situation. It's kind of like, man, how did I get to this place? Because mm. if we're truthful, right, mo- a lot of people would never have come to God were it not for pain. Mm. It's like if, if sin doesn't hurt, if going and straying away from God doesn't hurt, as, as when, when we studied the book of Acts in previous seasons and you have that kicking against the pricks, it's like you'll continue to go the wrong direction mm. if there was no pain. And so you see that, number one, God is like, you have to see yourself for who you truly are. And a lot of times, trials and tribulations and problems, they bring that out. And you realize, man, look how far I've fallen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first step of getting out. And then the fact that him being the person who is um, the son of God, he tells the council in verse 25, he says, but hold fast what you have till I come. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it, it secondly goes on from the fact that now that I've seen who I am, Don't become discouraged. Don't become overwhelmed and start, you know, have an extreme sense of melancholy reflection and saying, oh, I'm such a terrible Christian. Like, maybe I was never a Christian at all. When in actuality, Jesus is saying, just hold fast till I come. Mm -hmm. Just continue to hold on to Jesus. And as, you know, I remember one person said, 80% of life is showing up. 
And so I tell people, sometimes when you don't want to study the Bible, you don't want to pray, just show up anyway. Mm. You just show up. And God is going to show up. And mm. that's one of my favorite promises in, in 2 Chronicles 15, where it says, the Lord is with you as long as you're with him. Mm. Mm. So as long as you hold on, the Lord is going to stick out with you to the end of the line. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Go ahead. Okay. Well, I want to mention this. We'll come back to you. Sure. I, I love the fact that, well, I don't love the fact, but it's cool that it takes like four stages to get to where Thyatira is at. You mm -hmm. know, there's this kind of mm -hmm. long descent, but there's only two stages to get back up. Yes. You know, it's just Sardis and then Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is where we want to be, like the, you yes. know, the fuzzy wuzzy hot chocolate Christianity. You know? <laughs> and but it's, there's this, there's this intermediate stage of Sardis where it's the sleeping church, it's the intellectual church. This is the enlightenment, but it's really mm -hmm. the dead church. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's and, and whereas Thyatira, this you're the, you're compromised. You're complete in the world. You're you're dealing, you know, all the you know, blah, 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 all the stuff that you're doing, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you're not really feeling your need. You're totally doing bad stuff. Yeah. You don't, you don't care. Whereas dead is, you're, you're, you're not even doing bad stuff. You're yeah. just completely numb and you're needing life. And that, mm. that, that stardust stage is the opportunity where God's, God revives you. Amen. Brings you to Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, Jonathan, I love the fact that, and I want to maybe come back to this, but Jesus kind of reveals himself in a very in a supernatural way. But to each church, he just reveals, he identifies himself as one of those lines of some components. Sebastian kind of mentioned it. Yep. Like to, Thyra, to, the, to the worst church, he says, I got eyes of fire. Mm -hmm. Right. But the Smyrna says, hey. Smyrna is like, I'm the first and last. I, I, I can resurrect you guys. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Why does Jesus do that? And, and bring out some of those elements. Yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful um, that God and Jesus here to us reveals himself in so many different ways. Yes. And, you know, the eyes of fire uh, that, that he can see and is aware of everything. I just love the, to know that. Some people are scared of that. Like, whoa, God knows everything. Mm. But I think that is actually very comforting because that means he can fully relate. Mm -hmm. and, and we know he can. I mean, he lived amongst us. He mm -hmm. is the Emmanuel, right? Yes. Uh, you see that he is the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life. He's the one that, as you said, can resurrect. He has power. He is unstoppable. He has the key of David, he can, you cannot stop God. If you're with him, mm. he's going to move you to the next step, wherever that's going to go. Mm -hmm. And it just moves on. He's the one that, you know, who has the seven spirits of God. We, we, we see that as the Holy Spirit who empowers us to be faithful, to, to do amazing things for God, to be yes. just on fire for him and, and revive us, the revival that we talked about. Yes. And it just moves on. Um, he's the, 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 the amen, the faithful, the true witness. He is the beginning and the end. He is everything. Mm -hmm. Jesus, so for whatever life situation happens, Jesus has a response to that. Mm -hmm. He has a way of dealing with you in that situation. And I mean, and think about that, how crazy that is, is no matter where <laughs> you are in your Christian experience, Christ is relating to you yeah. based on what you need. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show the, the importance of an individual Christian walk right. that's yes. not compared to Siku or Jonathan or Justin to say, man, you know, Justin's like constantly testifying of all these blessings. And I'm like, dude, like, it's not my Christian experience, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're like, man, Sebastian always has drama and like trials in his life. I know, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, what's going on in his life? Right. But you realize that in every circumstance, Jesus is relating to me according to my experience, yeah. not it's just a customized experience. Absolutely. And, and in this generation, right, of, you know, I want it my way and everything's customized exactly the way I like it. You know, Christianity says in the person of Jesus, you get that on the deepest level mm -hmm. and about the most meaningful aspects of your life. Yeah. It's, it's completely intimacy. intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy. And yeah. I, let me say, Secret. you know, we, we talked about 
these the seven churches kind of as phases in your Christian experience. Yeah. But just going with what Sebastian says, it doesn't mean you have to mm-hmm. be dead spiritually. Yes, it doesn't sure. mean you have to be corrupt. Yes. It's just if you are, there's a solution. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you get to that place, right. Jesus has a message for you that is personal for you. And so it's awesome if you're Philadelphia, like from the from your first love, like all you the way stay, to the right, end. You stick it out. Mm-hmm. Like that's all right. I, I'm only saying that because when I was a kid, I was upset that I was born into a Christian family because mm. I'm not going to have a conversion experience and mm. you know have this wow comparing myself with the people who get up and st- share their testimonies. But the reality is, if you're born into a Christian home and you love the Lord from as early as you can remember, <laughs> and you want to serve Him and work for Him for right. your whole life, mm. that's okay. And you know, you don't have to go out and drink alcohol and, and, and that's, crazy. And that's huge because. It reminds me of, you know, two experiences. When I first became a Christian, there was this woman in the church. I think I was leading out in some sort of um, Bible study. And she was like, you know, I appreciate your fervor and your energy. But, you know, eventually it's going to flame out. She's like, you're going you're yeah. to tame and yeah. you're going to come down. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, what? Like, and so for me, it's just kind of like, man, I just want to, like, defy this woman. Like, <laughs> right. my whole Christian experience right. is like, I see her, like, as soon as it's like, Sebastian, you're becoming average. And then you just hear that woman's voice. It's going to flame out. And you're just like, no. like, and, and then So she's Ephesus, and you're like, Philadelphia. That's right. It's like, no, yeah. man, in fuego. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm trying to stay, like, beyond fire. Like, right. You know what? But what Seeker was saying, I think it's really powerful. What do you say was also powerful? But, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> trying to be your foreign in the flesh here. Um, the diplomat, okay. Okay. But, you know, just just because there is a solution doesn't mean you need to experience yeah, the problem. problem. Yeah. Right. Stick with stick with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you can avoid some of these church yeah. experiences mm-hmm. by he can take you to the next level, to a level that's not even described here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these stages are not uh, consequential. You don't have to go through one to experience the other. They mm-hmm. may be just seven different stages right. that we are at in, in everyone's life, uh, independent. I, I, I love the fact that, um, you kind of go with what Jonathan was saying, but some people have an experience with Jesus where Jesus is that loving, fuzzy, wuzzy, comforting Jesus, Mm -hmm. yeah? Like if you look at Smyrna, who's going through persecution, Mm. Jesus has nothing bad to say Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. It's just complete comfort and encouragement. And to Philadelphia, the hot chocolate people, I mean, he just (laughs) loves them, loves them to death, literally to death. (laughs) But there's other people who are in Thyatira, Yes. And Jesus doesn't have a lot of good stuff to say to Thyatira. No. Uh, and, and, And if anything, he actually says a lot of stuff that's not good to them. Correct. Um, for like, instance, it's the longest passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes. And so sometimes Jesus, who, in his infinite wisdom and love and and character, he's a good parent at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he says those words that mm-hmm. that are not there just to punish us, us for punishment's sake. Yes. But to but to kick us kick us in the pants and, 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 and get us get us you know go in the right track and you know it, right it, it kind of reminds me of um there's this woman in in uh I, my church in boston and she was like coming after a bible study and they were reflecting on how to improve the young adult bible study mm. and she was like you know i want someone to tell me i'm a sinner like make me feel like a sinner right and you're like <laughs> What kind of feedback is this? Like, make you feel like you're a sinner? Like, that's not the goal. It's to preach the Word of God and to recognize that the Word of God, who is Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. is going to take the same Word that can be an encouragement for you and can be cutting for me. It's like to tell, you know, them, be faithful unto death. 
is like a blessing to Smyrna, but it's cutting to Thyatira. Mm -hmm. It's like, look at all this compromise. Be faithful unto death. It's mm -hmm. like, man, we have not been faithful. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's so super key what you're saying is that, you know, when we go into experiences, it's easy for us to kind of box God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Revelation here at the seven churches pushes us against. Mm -hmm. You're not going to box God and just say, oh, he's just the God of love and grace and mm -hmm. acceptance of any and every little thing. No, we see that, yeah, I love you, and I know the works, the good things that you have going on, but, you know, Thyatira, you have a lot of issues. We need to get to work on this thing. Yeah. Versus Smyrna, just be faithful. Yeah. It's going to last no more than 10 days, Yeah. and it'll be over. And, and throughout the message of the seven churches, Jesus saying is he's, he's in the midst of these seven churches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're legalistic and you've lost your first love, I'm still in the midst of yeah. you. Are you suffering? I'm still in the midst of you. Mm -hmm. Are you compromising or compromised? compromised. Mm. Yeah. I'm still in the midst of That's you. Crazy. Are you dead? I'm still in the midst of you. Are you <laughs> awesome? I'm still in the midst of you. And if you're just Laodicean, we're going to talk about Laodicea mm -hmm. a bit. Because Laodicea is like awesome, awesome, awesome and they think they're awesome, but they're not awesome. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's the worst situation you could possibly be in. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have no need, they have no something, but Jesus is still in the midst of them. Mm. Um, I think that's the message that's emerging out of here. Amen. Let's talk about a little bit about Laodicea. What's going on with Laodicea? What's the problem with Laodicea? John? Well, Laodicea is an interesting church. Uh, they have um, a lot. They're rich. Uh, they, feel, they feel like they have everything they need. Yes. And then Jesus comes in and says, well... Uh, verse uh, chapter 3 verse 16 because you're lukewarm neither cold nor hot I will vomit you out of my mouth that's mm. some strong language there mm -hmm. vomit yes. you out of my mouth Pfft, you know yeah. what in the world that's spitting that yeah <laughs> vomit vomit. it was the light version the light yes. version yes. All right. do not yes. illustrate Fine. I will not I'll let you do that okay and then, and then he's, he goes in and says you're poor blind you're wretched miserable naked you're a mess. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. And here, he, he has to be yeah. <laughs> hot and lukewarm. Warm lukewarm. mess. Warm lukewarm mess. <laughs> and he's basically making very clear here, you need help. You, need, you don't realize how much help you need, yes. but you need help. And Jesus has to be strong because they're so in their own bubble, not realizing right. what's going on. Right. Mm. And so he says it and he wakes them up, but he doesn't just rebuke. He always counsels, here's what I want to give you. He says, I will, you know, buy gold from me, uh, the garment, which is, you know, a pure faith that works by love, the, the white garments, Christ's righteousness. Yes. And then um, he will give you the eye solves, uh, that's the Holy Spirit enlightening you, uh, helping you to see your true condition. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a sobering message for, for all of us. How many of you are in the midst of Laodicea? And mm. the, the Laodicean condition is, I don't even know what state I'm in, and I don't even care. Mm. And I know for a lot of us, we think we're Laodicea, uh, we think we're Philadelphia, <laughs> right? Or sometimes yeah. we go dramatic, we're like, I'm Smyrna, or whatever. <laughs> but Laodicea is the church of the last days, where we're so comfortable in where we are. Take some time now, and if you're convicted like all of us, we, uh, we are here on this panel, take some time and say, Lord, give me the desire for the desire. Mm. Hopefully that's your prayer. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.